What's up, man? Not much. How you doing? Doing all right. Hanging in there. Yourself? Yeah. All right. Yeah? Yeah. What's your take? As like a person who's not only a vendor who's put one of these things on, but as an old insurance agent kind of vet, uh, what's your feel on it? Very kind of you, veteran. I don't think I've ever described that way before. <laughs> um, no, it's good. Um, you know, you hear, you know, this conference, they just, the, you know, this is the agent that everybody's looking for, you know? Like, this is, these are the people that get it. These are the people that want to do something. So, um, it's always fun, you know? Anytime you can get in a room with, you know, what, 700, 800 people that are trying to do the same things you are, it's refreshing, you know? I mean, you need, I think you need at least do it once a year. Yeah, I, the thing about, for me, is it's just that recharge, right? Yeah. You go, as an agency, you go back to your business, and it's really like you against everything, right? right? Yeah. Especially the smaller the agency it is, the more things yeah. you have. And to be around people who get it mm-hmm. and are excited about it and are trying new things, there's a duality there of like, wow, that's overwhelming, but also, man, I could, they're doing it. Why the, can't, can't I? Yeah, I mean, people demonize in some ways, you know, the, just the inspiration or just, just the energy boost. But I mean, like, you know, if I don't think they can be really undervalued, you know, it's like, yeah, you need, I mean, we, we know it's easy to, and I always, you know, I don't know, I'd, I'd be curious to your take, you know, everyone's always like, oh, I can't wait to go to this session. They're mapping out all this stuff. It's like, listen, I mean, you know, the one thing that you can't do when you're at, at this, like a, a conference like this, is actually talk, like do this, like face to face, have this conversation specifically about the things you want. Yeah. With the same energy, with the same, but you can go listen to that presentation, you can go get that information, that tutorial, like really basically anywhere. So. I mean, like, what are your thoughts? Like, is, I mean, that, is that something that you prioritize over? So the, the, the exciting piece is like, I was laughing because we were joking. You could have put this conference in Cedar Rapids. Right. Or anywhere. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because yeah. I, haven't even, I haven't walked the strip. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't, I haven't laid up. a chip down. Like, I, have I haven't not, had a drink. I've because the hotel. Right? Like, yeah. you've, you've been in the hotel because not only are you going to these like, really exciting speakers who are doing what they do really well and yeah. sharing that, but then you're meeting with people afterwards who took something totally different yep. and heard it totally different yeah. because of their geogra- geography or yeah. their place with their agency. And you're like, wait, that's two, three steps beyond more refined than what I, w- what I took away. But if I can get those two, three steps now, I'm not, I don't have to wait till I'm that, that agency size or that experience for that to take over. Yeah. So, and, and not only that, but it, I can't tell you the number of times that we two, three a month, I'm getting people saying, hey, I got a risk that's moving into your area. Yeah. And now I'm able to sit with those people and say, thank you, by the way, this is how that went on a one-to-one basis. Yeah. You know, and, and, and share in my gratitude, but also share in ways that we can help each other, you know, to continue that. So, I mean, one thing that, and I mean, uh, one thing that is fascinating to me about you, and I've talked to actually a couple of people with, I want to say a similar background or story, but, um, you know, somebody leaving what, would be perceived to be a more successful career to come to what is perceived to be a more degenerate career of insurance. Yeah. Like what, like how do you even get there? Yeah, so for me it was, it was very much like a pro-con list, but also transferable skill. So yeah. coming from, I was in litigation for 10 years, handling cases, talking to clients, businesses, on how to manage risk and how their insurance policy actually works for them. So the big light that went on for me was that none of them knew, right? And there's this this information gap between consumer and and sales on a a product that's so heavily weighted to foresight, right? And to planning and to getting ahead. 
And so, because at the time you have the accident, or in your case, at the time you die, you don't have it, you're not buying it, yeah. right? And so that was, that, from a pragmatic position, that's how I made the decision. From a, like, a, like an internal port though, like I like that planning piece. I like being advising people. Like in, a, in, in the law, it's amazingly pr and pressured because you're dealing with people at the precipice, like they're in it, right? But now I can advise them beforehand so that when they get there, they right. can have a little more comfort. Whereas at the time it's baked. Yeah, and you're, you're, you're dealing with a situation that's already happened versus anticipating situations that haven't happened. Correct, right? You're just, at the, it was a lot of like Humpty Dumpty. Like now I can actually tell Humpty to get off the wall. Right. In law, you're like, it's cracked. I got to try and take this together. So what, I don't know that I know this. What, I mean, so what area of, like, what's your specialty in insurance? Like, what do you like to do? So I do, when you start off as a scratch agency, like it's, we did two years ago, it's personal lines. Because yeah. that's all you, it's the only appointments you can really master. Yeah. Commercial lines are so restrictive. Um, they assume you don't know it simply because you <laughs> oh, haven't sold it. Yeah. It's commercial lines, right? Well, they have an ivory tower until you, you gotta get, get access. It is a hard nut to crack, yeah. right? And for me, actually, that's where I wanted to start my business the whole time, is I felt like there was a natural market for me to talk to small business owners about the risks that hit them. Yeah. And, um, and so, for the first, several, first couple of years, just 18 months, I was doing only personal. And then I, I got, uh, I teamed up with Danielle Smink out of Arizona with Canyonlands and was able to get some access and I'm now kind of tiling up the commercial piece to that. Um, but really the value is, is not so much in like the, I, the value, people who see the value in what we do and what my agency is about, that's, the, that's really the client. And that can come in all phases, that can come in all income brackets. People who are, understand and appreciate what that value is that is offered by an insurance contract, not the five minutes quick flip, yeah. right? That's, that's really where I focus on. And it's a harder market because it's not necessarily in one place. Yeah, so I mean, so what, like, if you had to look back over the last, it's been what, three years? Coming up on two and a half. I don't want to quite go to three All yet because right. I want to give myself a little more time All to right. grow. Yeah, but yeah. I want to commit. So I mean, over that time, obviously, you know, I know a ton of agents that are, um, you know, at, the, at a critical point where they, they might not be seeing eye to eye with where they're currently at in their agency, or they've already gotten to a point where, hey, maybe it's time for me to do my own thing, and or they are in the process of doing their own thing. Like, if you could talk to that person and say, listen, you know, if, I'm sure there's never a point where you know that you're ready for it, but like, what have you learned that, you know, you think like would be the most important thing for somebody at that juncture to kind of handle? So, one of the things I, I think the, the biggest thing I've noticed between the successful agencies and the ones that maybe struggle to get going yeah. is, is the investment in the, in, the, in, the, in the creation, right? So one of the things my wife said to me when we started this venture together, because it really is a dual yeah. thing, is she said to me, and she found a quote, she's like, starting a business is like launching into space, right? <laughs> There's an incredible amount of energy that needs to be spent at the beginning just to get that inch off the ground, mm -hmm. right? And so taking the time in your Smart business lady. and saying, this is how I want to run it. This yeah. is how I want it to be. These are the problems I'm seeing elsewhere, so I want to, you know, give back and give them or, or change the way I'm doing it so that I'm separated, right? Yeah. Like Jason talked about today, yep. having that separation between what their expectation has been based on the market and what you can do to differentiate yourself. Um, so that time and that planning in that early phase is the biggest piece I think that a lot of agencies miss or a lot of people who start agencies. And then the second piece I would say is, um, 
realize this is not the business for ones who want the quick turn, right? Yeah. If you're expecting in year two and three to be like baller <laughs> status and throwing yeah. money around, this isn't the place that, for that. That's the other group that they've been in it three or four years, you know, coming out of the captive world or something like, I'm still here. That's kind of like, that's their, you know, that's their... Uh, there's a battle, like yeah. there's a callus to that that yeah. I think is pr there's pride in that. And that's awesome, right? And I, I think if you can find pride in the fact that like, yeah, I'm gonna wear some scars yeah. from being through years one, two, three, which I'm still in the midst of, yeah. but you can take some pride in like, like this is how that works and see the, the longer vision. So, it's quite important. So, I, so here I'm curious about this is, you know, forget everything else, like that conversation that you had to have with your wife of saying, listen, hey, hey honey, I went to school for all this time. I've got this like fantastic gig and yeah. you know, life's pretty good right now. I think I go, I mean, like, what is, I mean, cause that's the first sell that you have to make, right? right. What, what was that conversation like? So, the com there was, the conversation when we made that decision was right. actually easier because of the conversations we had before yeah, yeah, about, yeah. you know, and having that conversation like what we what we were experiencing prior to that just wasn't working. Yeah. Right. Whether internally for me and what I felt like what I felt yeah. validated or what fulfilled in what I was doing, but also in what I was being as a father, what I was being as a husband, what I was being as a son to my family, like all of those features in my life and and having that fulfillment in it and. Those things made the conversation of, all right, I think we're gonna do this yeah. easier. I will, and I tell people regularly, I was completely naive. When I left being a lawyer and started the insurance agency, I had this concept that like, I'll just tell them I'm a lawyer and they will all flock and come to me. <laughs> like, right, the heavens will part, they will say whatever wow. this man says I will do. And that's obviously not the case. Yeah. So there is a little bit of naivete with it, but because you put, I feel like because I had, I had good people who recommended to me, like, do a business plan do a marketing strategy, that also helped in the conversation. Because it's not just, I'll just sell to whoever comes to my door. Well, no one's gonna come to your door necessarily, right? Well, so that was one, that was one kind of thing that I was curious. Like, what did you think was that separator? Like, that thing that was gonna get you off the ground? Like, what, like, obviously having a legal background, I right. imagine, but like, what? When I started, I thought that would just be it. Like, okay. oh, I got a JD, fine, I'm gonna take whatever he says is gospel. Yeah. And um, since then, I've learned it's not, it's, it's actually, for me, the biggest differentiator has been, yeah, there's a level of product knowledge and some level of communication that I can explain to them and some level of authority that I think they assume. But also, the differentiator's been in, you know, some of the things I've taken away from things like this and podcasts like yours and stuff like we, we've okay. seen Preston. Yeah. But there's other people that are doing stuff that, that will impress upon them. Like one of the, yesterday I presented on that Google Forms, yeah. Yeah. Uh, automation that I use, it's really simple, but you'll be shocked at how many people come back and say, that was awesome because I got an immediate response from you and it's a simple PDF. Yeah. Or Google, vid we do, I do a lot of video uh, proposals and yep. that's been a huge separator yeah. because they feel they have that personal touch while not necessarily having to schedule it or whatever, and they do it on their time. Yeah, what have you found, in, I mean, just kind of in the you know short time, like building a relationship kind of that isn't Face to face, like how, like what, like again, video proposals. I think is like a good thing, like to where you can continue to scale yourself. Like, have you had any sort of like moments where it's like, oh man, like it's crazy that you put this out to the world and then they've been able to develop this thing on their own. So, yeah, I mean, the video proposals was a big one, right? Yeah. It was a big light bulb because now you're having this interaction with a customer. They feel like you are. Yeah. You've done it on your time. They're watching it on theirs. Yeah. And the two don't even necessarily meet. Right. Meet. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that was a big, I think, a light bulb for me. Um, 
but I think the other like light bulb for me is that it's constantly evolving. Like there's a constant change. There's um, and so the expectation setting that you can do for a customer has been a big one. Like just telling them this is how it's going to go from here. Yeah. Right. Like allowing them to understand and to have some expectations, and then yeah. meeting them um, can be a separator. But you know, so those. I think the, there's a there's an evolution and an honesty that you can bring to what we do mm -hmm. that then doesn't come off as the salesy pitch that yeah. they've been used to or the the um, kind of cleaned or bleached version that a lot of times they interact with, right? From a call center. And that has brought me the strongest clients and the strongest referral partners. And I think that, it seems so basic, but I do think it gets lost a little bit. Yeah. And you have to be very careful to try and preserve that with that lack of that interaction, lack of sitting at the kitchen table. Have you, have you found, so who was, somebody was talking about it yesterday, talking about that, telling them what to do. Is that GNN? I can't remember, Zach and Matt? Somebody was talking about, like, you need to tell them, like, what, like, happens. Right. Like, setting that expectation. But have you found anything more effective than something else and as far as how to kind of deliver and inform those steps? So, um, when Zach and Matt talk about setting their expectations, they kind yeah. of do it in a formulaic way. But actually yeah. what I've found is, is when I, when I do that initial phone call or the initial intake or the initial yeah. email is when I give that expectation out to them as if it's finalized, yeah. they're actually a little more resistant because they feel it's being imposed. So I've had customers come back and say, I don't want a video proposal. Yeah. I don't want you to do that stuff that you do that actually makes you different because frankly, I know myself and, and then I just deliver on what they've asked. Yeah. So it's more of an expectation setting conversation than it is one of just an edict. Um, and that's a little bit of a, of a kind swap, of a living, breathing thing. Yeah, and I think I think too it allows you to, to show that flexibility and be what they want it to be. I yeah. think the the misconception of being everywhere for everyone is is not you don't necessarily want to be no. everywhere in their life. Yeah. You want to be everywhere they want you to be. And so if you've met that, <laughs> if you've set that expectation like or that. you put it out there, I like that. Uh, you know, because so, it's funny because you talk to. Um, Nick did that great presentation on YouTube and how you follow people with pixels and all those type of things. Yeah. I think there's also a, a, a diminishing value to that if you don't do it the right way. Right. Because if you seem to be like e-stalking them, then there's a... Well, because then they'll hit, they'll hit a curve, right? They'll be like, oh, okay, I was interested in that. And then all of a sudden it comes back down. Right. As far as, okay, I, I'm past my, like, I need a break. Or you've entered a, a space where I'm not comfortable. Yeah. Right? Like there's this, like, there's this zone of how comfortable you are in the relationship, right? And, and if you're entering a space where maybe they're looking to see their grandparents and you're showing up, your grandkids, right. and you're showing up there, that's kind of maybe a little invasive for them. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean that you don't do it. It just means you can do it in a way that makes it feel more social and more informal yeah. and not as aggressive. Uh, but I think, too, that evolution, and there's a dance to it, right? right. And, and the flexibility, and, and I think I can do that a little bit better right now because of how small my business is, right? So I'm still at the early level, still grinding and doing the early stuff. Yeah. And so I can be a little more adaptable and malleable. But if you could create the process for and scale to that and allow the relationships to develop, I think it's, that's the golden bullet. That's the silver bullet, right? Yeah. That's what we're all looking for. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's something that I think a lot of people, they get too rigid and like what they think it needs to be. And, and like you said, just listening and um, how, how much has it, your expectations just in your own journey changed from what you thought it was going to be to where you are right now as far as, like, man, I thought it was going to be this, and now it's like, well, this is what the reality is of the situation. Yeah, I think expectations should always be higher. Like, like, yeah. as, that's the industry, right? right? As business owners, we are never satisfied enough. It's the number one thing I see. I ask people how you're doing, and 
the ones who are folksy could tell me like if I was doing any better, I'd be you. Yeah. And the ones who are uh, a little more direct are like, I'm all right because it's yeah. never good enough. Um, so the first thing I would say is like it's okay to have expectations that you maybe don't meet as long as you're moving towards them. You want to give yourself reasonable steps. But I think for me personally on this journey, it's, um, as I said earlier, like I thought it would just be, I had much, a little bit naivete in what the expectations should be. Yeah. And I think now after right setting them and kind of reevaluating them, um, I've come to the position of like, I set myself goals that I seek to attain, but if I don't get them, you give yourself the authority to be like, okay, and then keep moving toward it, right? Like there's, um, if I were to tell the agencies that were to launch tomorrow, like set high standards for yourself, expect them, and then when you fail, understand that yeah. that's perfectly normal and acceptable. Yeah, what's one thing, I'm curious about this, like going, having gone through all of it and stuff recently and, and seen like, hey, I've done this in a modern way, like what's one thing if you, if they gave you the authority, like say, well, we really don't need to do that anymore. Like this is like, this is making things harder than it needs to be. Yeah. Like what's one thing that you think we could really address as far as helping people be, have, having the industry be more approachable for people to, to kind of jump into? So what I think, it's been my experience that there's a, there's, a, there's a wall that carriers feel with the agency partners yeah. with regard to talent, right? Like there's their talent and then there's our talent and never the two shall be considered the same or, yeah. or related. And in fact, the carriers have a big role in finding people that are talented and can do our, what we need really well. Yeah. And by the same token, we have a ton of talent that they could use to improve what they're delivering for their clients, but also for their agency partners. Yeah. And so when we look at talent and we look at the way that we're incentivizing agencies to grow, one of the hardest things becomes the margins, right? The hardest mm -hmm. thing becomes the ability to actually take on business. Yeah. And in a low unemployment world that we're living in, it's really hard to draw in and either to do a commission only or to do an hourly rate when salaries are available out there. Yeah. And so it becomes cyclical in that, <clears throat> And I think a self-fulfilling prophecy, whereas the, the carriers have their idea of what the, their staff and how they want to hire, not at the same caliber, and then they, they just get this idea that like the, the agent, there's questions about how the agent can fulfill their, their, their responsibility, right? Their goals, yeah. their deliverables, because of the, well, maybe their talent's not there. Maybe the talent is as good as we have. Or we can find the talent and develop it better than they can. When it's really, it should be a partnership, right? So yeah. like, you should want good agents to have great talent of good people. Um, just like you want to have good people in your, in your organizations. And I think that that collaboration, the ability for corporations to figure out, there's some people who are burning out. Mm -hmm. Underwriters that don't like to underwrite the business anymore, <laughs> right? Claims uh, people who are just sick of taking calls and getting uh, yelled at. Yeah. And they could serve a great role in the agency nation, in the agency situation, and create transfer options for those kind of transformation or, yeah. or movement. Because great agents are hard to find with experience, right? And vice versa. Like, there's a lot of people, I think, that are in the agency or the carrier space that are, are doing it the way it's always been done. Yeah. Whereas agents are seeing where it's going and could do a great job in establishing better relationships, and better uh, um, data flows, and so, like, options that can help um, a business. I told one one carrier once. I said, they said, "What do you want from this?" Yeah. And I said, "I want a wedge. You tell me either one way or give me something that I can absolutely use to, to pry people away from the captain space or from the." direct writers or whatever it might be. Yeah. Give me the, that, that's all I want from you, is the wedge. 
you know, it's not necessarily overrides or whatever it might be, super compensation. Those things are great and yeah, nice. Right. But if I don't have ability to pry that person away from the jingle they know, yeah. I'm not getting there anyway. And so hmm. having tra like understanding that the talent can flow between the two and there could be a relationship between that. Interesting. I think could be a really cool way to create synergies in the marketplaces and it, the care to the carriers it's actually real value because if your care if your underwriter goes to an agency well, guess where they feel comfortable writing with yeah right and if I feel comfortable having that person come, her come into my office or him come into my office and write that business because he knows it right front and back yeah bully for me I'm going to steer it yeah right so I think that if I was to give like an industry idea it would be like let's let's find a way to share those things mm. and the two shouldn't be well if you went to the carrier side you can't go to the agency side right. if you do that you never never you shall return right i think the two can live in the, a lot of times and in, in work in, in a very synergistic way yeah well, more insurance harmony and it's a real thing right if yeah. we're if we're really going to be your distribution channel you should want people in your group that know what those people are going for not just people who have been working for you for a long time but yeah. people who have been out there they are very disconnected from the realities of like an agent kind of day to day like we're disconnected a lot of ways from too. what yeah it's like, a it's a, we're both in insurance but like you know entirely different flavors you know right. and i think one of the things too that i've noticed since being in the industry that is amazing to me is, is that you have two competing values and that's not uncommon right you have this need for volume and the need for quality yeah and in some spaces those are mutually exclusive mm -hmm. right? you, need, you want good business but you want also want a lot of it yeah and you have these competing pressures and it I think it's, there's always going to be a way to balance that, but if that were more the message that we were receiving as an agency, and like that type of thing, and the carriers I think that do it well, have that built in. And again, it goes back to having the two sides know a little bit more about each other. Yeah. And talent's one way to do it. So, like, what's one thing if you could, that you're kind of getting excited about, like that, that might be possible down the road for you? Like, where are you at, like, as far as, and I can't wait until I can do that thing, or this is right around the corner for me. I think talent came forefront because that's really what I'm looking to do. Is yeah. Scaling in this industry is everything. Yeah. Right? Like I can write so much with my 24 hour a day. Right. Right. And time I need to sleep, and time I need to be with my kids, and time I need to, you know, manage the books or whatever it might be. Um, so scale. So talent is like the one, the biggest piece. Yeah. But like you said. I mean, even like moving from an industry which seems to be a little bit of a derelict, right? <laughs> so it's just the, anybody can go sell yeah, insurance. The I, fact is, it's not. It, it's. I mean, that is. It's frustrating. Like it is. It, it's just the perception. And I'm not sure how we fix it or if we have to. Or, but I mean, I don't. You probably probably have noticed it more. I would imagine now being a part of it, or maybe it's changed. And and you know, being a part of it has made you think. Oh well, you know, obviously, it's a little bit harder than people think, and, and there's a little more expertise and yeah you know I think I think too there's a, there's a level of and, and one of the things I love being here is because the people here there's a lot so there's a level of um, pride in like I wrote this policy to this thing I didn't just write it to get a sale right. I wrote it because I'm gonna this promise yeah. is gonna hold up yeah. and it's gonna be what they hoped it to be and it's instilling and finding agents that take that role and I think it gets back to that volume versus quality. Like, are you, are you favoring agents who are gonna come out and just push it down? Yeah. Take the sale and may write statement of limits because it's an easier sell to make and I can save that person a hundred bucks. 
But the fact is, is like they're a family of two, and they got a, you know, two kids, and what are they going to do if something really hits it? Yeah. So I think, and and that's why, and and like I always tell people, aspire for better, right? Go higher, aim higher. You can do better. Like that kind of mentality can be if they can put that in there as opposed to just make the sale. I think we all do better. Johnny Lee said the other day, like when when you chase money, it rarely comes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I think that there is this there is this belief out there that that's the, for producers that's the goal. I just want money. Like I want the, the income to come in. And don't get me wrong, you gotta close. Everybody's right. gotta eat. Yeah. But when you close good things and good things happen, more and more things should come in. And that's the disconnect I think we can we can get to do better with. And it does get back to talent. Yeah. The, the talent thing, I mean, it's, it's, it's long been a conversation, right? And nobody knows. I mean, some agencies are kind of figuring out. Um, kind of the last thing I, I kind of want to touch on is the idea of, you, you've probably come up against it a little bit, you, you know, starting this journey, but w what better looks like and, and how, offended is probably a strong word, but, you know, what have you kind of had to combat against from people that didn't maybe care as much, that didn't want to do better? Um, I mean, like, how aggressive have you been in, in I don't want to say speaking out against it, but like, what, what, do you, what do you do to kind of help educate consumers as to, you know, injustice is another strong word, but, yeah. you know, I mean, like, some of this stuff is borderline as a lawyer illegal to right. kind of do. I'm curious your take on it. I mean, I think it's a problem, and I just, I'm just curious what your experience has been. Yeah, I think... So, we used to two headwinds, right? So yeah. the first headwind is obviously there's other pieces of the industry that just don't want us there. Right. Right. We offer choice. They don't want choice. We offer options and features. We do things differently. They're not necessarily interested in us being there. Yeah. Right. And so on a local sense, that can, that, that, um, that becomes a little bit of a headwind. But on the other side of the head, the other headwind is this kind of, and I think it is a headwind. There's a this constant pressure for production that we talked that I yeah. talked about earlier does feel like a headwind because it, it can be discouraging, right? Yeah. It can be frustrating. It can lead you from to worse tactics and, and yep. worse habits. Right. Um, you know, what's the path of least resistance? I'll take that and just make the money and run. And so, um, the only way I know to combat that, and I don't claim to be some like like, this, like sure. The, be able to fix it all is, is the only way I know how to fix it is just do it, do it differently and do it better and do yeah. it as I want to do it as I see people I respect and really want to emulate yeah. right and I think that that's really all you can do because you know I learned one thing I was in the middle of a, of a really nasty trial and I went back afterwards and I talked to my the, the, the head of the firm and you know he said to me he goes you ever want to wallow with a pig, you know, why you never want to fight with a pig? And I said, no, you know, I did, I'm not folksy, I don't really know yeah. that joke, never been on a farm other than yeah. a petting one. And he said, because you both end up muddy and the pig's happy about it, <laughs> right? Yeah. The pig likes to be wallowing in it, yeah. you're caught in a mess. Yeah. And so if, in those instances, I just, you just gotta kind of push past it. So speaking out doesn't necessarily even do it, because that's what they want. They want that engagement and that ne maybe potentially negativity. They wanna draw you into that level. But frankly, if you just move on from it and say, look, I'm just gonna keep doing what I do and let my actions and how I run my business and how I treat my customers do the talking, I think in the long run you win. And that's why the, you know, associate yourself with the people who are like that, which is why having conferences like this where there's value adds constantly, and there's discussions constantly, and there's questions, you know, people are challenging each other openly about the ideas they're sharing, it's a big deal. And it allows you to go back 
ready to do that, I think, and engage with people who are like-minded.